Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domang. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So today, since this is the season of witches, ghosts, and goblins, I am going to share a little bit of my testimony as related to the occult. This isn't something that I talk about a lot. I usually speak in a very general sense where this aspect of my testimony is concerned. However, this week a friend sent me a series of pictures of books that she had taken while she was going through the children's book section at Walmart. And these pictures were disturbing, but the fact that they were in the children's section really disturbed me even more. My friend took pictures from inside a Disney book of chants and incantations. And one of the pictures gave chants of witches for thy manifesting and thy protecting. That's specific words that was in the book, telling the reader to recite the chants to connect themselves, mind, body, and spirit for magic for themselves. And another incantation in the book spoke of calling forth supreme forces unseen to invoke the otherworldly energies to magnify thy magic, calling the spirits the great ones. Now, these words were from these books and really disturbed me for anyone of any age to read. But to recognize how these books are being used to target children, righteous anger and indignation rose up in me. I cannot sit by and ignore what was presented to me. I, I want you to know all of this so that you can do all that you can to protect your own children from the evil forces that are targeting our children in every facet of life. So what are we going to do? If we look at this and we say, oh, that's no big deal. Magic isn't real and my kids wouldn't be susceptible to influences like that. I must tell you that is not true. Magic is real. The Bible specifically addresses magic a great deal. If you happen to not know that, today is all about that. I'm going to share some scripture verses that specifically talk about magic. And magic is dangerous and it needs to be avoided. So the idea that our children would not be susceptible to the evil forces is really naive at best. Deception is real and we all, not just our children, can be deceived. And it's our role as parents and grandparents to protect our children and our grandchildren and keep them from the evil influences and educate them of the truth. So let's talk about what the Bible tells us about the reality and danger of magic. So just as I said already, magic is real. That is something we're going to see here. The Bible uses many terms related to magic. I'm going to list some of these for you today. I'm going to give them to you in alphabetical order, the ones that I found in scripture. Astrologer or astrologers, charms, charmers, divination, diviners, enchanter, enchantments, magic, magic charms, magicians, medium, sorcery, sorcerers, spells, spiritist, stargazers, and witchcraft. So God had a lot to say about the topic of magic, and none of it was good for those who were involved in those practices. So I made a list of all of those terms that I could find in the Bible, and I added that at the bottom of this 
week's blog post. So if you're interested in that list, you can go to my website onfire-ministries.org and get this week's blog post and see that list at the bottom of the page. And for the sake of today's message, I chose to start in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 8, 9 through 14 because within those passages, most of the terms are used in some way. So I want to read Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spirits, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God, for these nations which you will dispossess listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Okay, so the context of Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14 is the word of the Lord to his people who would enter into the land that he had promised them. And specifically, he was instructing them of things that they needed to avoid when they entered into the land. And the land that they were to take over was a land that was filled with people who did not know God and did not serve God. But instead, they held to pagan practices that God called an abomination to the Lord. So in Deuteronomy 18.9, God told his people, you shall not learn to follow the abomination of those nations. And then in Deuteronomy 18.10-11, he lists eight practices that he identified as an abomination to him, which are, and I'm going to list those, anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. The second one, one who practices witchcraft. Third, a soothsayer. Fourth, one who interprets omens. Fifth, a sorcerer. Number six, one who conjures spells. And seven, a medium. And then number eight, a spiritist. So this section will be a bit technical. What I'm going to go through right now is I'm going to look at the original Hebrew language definitions of those terms that we just listed. So just hang in there a minute with me as we, I'm going to go through them really quick, but I really want you to hear the definitions and the meaning in that original language. So number one, anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. This first practice basically addresses the pagan evil practice of sacrificing children to an assumed deity. Now, the second point on the list used two different terms that were defined as divination, one a verb and one a noun. So practices is the first one. It means to practice divination. In my complete word study dictionary of the Old Testament stated that the practice brought about God's judgment and that God had earlier established that he would guide his people through true prophets, not through diviners. So then the second word there is witchcraft. And this means divination. This is a noun. It means divination or witchcraft. And the Complete Word Study Dictionary of the Old Testament stated that this described cultic practices of foreign nations. This is a quotation. False prophets used divination to prophesy in God's name, but God identified them as false. And then these practices were used to discern between two choices. And the third statement there is soothsayer. And this is a verb that means to practice soothsaying, conjuring, divining, magic,
magic, witchcraft, spiritism, or fortune telling. And this term seems to cover all of these spiritual practices that relate to engaging with spirits that we should understand as evil or demonic. Now, the fourth thing is one who interprets omens. And this is a verb. It's used in the Old Testament 11 times. Uh, this phrase comes from a Hebrew term meaning to practice divination or to observe signs and omens. Sorcerer is the fifth one. It's used in the Old Testament six times. A verb meaning to practice witchcraft, magic, or sorcery. The sixth one is used 29 times in the Old Testament and it means one who conjures up spells and it means to unite, join together, or conjure, referring to the joining of forces or joining oneself to idols, casting a spell, or composing words to attack someone. And then the seventh one is a medium. And this one is used 173 times. And this one is a little bit unique because it means to ask or inquire or beg. And this term is sometimes used in a positive sense, referring to asking or inquiring of God. But the context of the term points out the wrong done in the asking or inquiring as being based on who we ask or who we inquire from. If our asking or inquiring is outside of God himself, then we are in error. And then the eighth one is a spiritist. A spiritist is used uh, 17 times in the Old Testament. And this is a verb that means a conjured spirit, a medium, necromancer, or a leather bottle. And these are primarily used in the occult practice of consulting the dead. While this list does not cover every term related to the practice of magic, witchcraft, divination in the Bible, a thorough study of Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14 really gives us a great overview of the topic. So you may wonder why I went through such detail of this topic. There are a few reasons. First of all, I've been deceived in the past and I've followed several of these practices myself before I came to know Jesus. And then second, I believe that few Christians actually realize the reality and realness of the occult practices that existed in ancient days and in our current day. And finally, I believe that there are many dangers related to the occult in our world today. So let me tell you just a glimmer of my testimony as related to the occult. I was first introduced to things of the occult as a little child. And for whatever reason that I really may never understand, my Christian parents allowed me as a young child to decide for myself some of the things that I could watch on television. And they expressed that they really didn't understand why I wanted to watch some of these things, but they allowed me to watch it anyway. And I'm not saying this in any way to condemn my parents. I am only saying this just simply because it's my story. And I believe that you need to know where it all began for me. As a young child, I was intrigued with movies and television shows that I now classify as supernatural, evil, demonic garbage. I believe that this points to the evil forces at work and supernatural pull that is drawing us to things that are designed to sever a real relationship with God to ultimately steal our life and our eternal life from us. And around age 10 or 11, I asked for a Ouija board, which fed into some of that same interaction with things that had a demonic pool. And all the while, I was going to church every Sunday, and I was even doing some reading of my Bible. 
However, it wasn't until I was 20 when I was introduced to the most dangerous methodology the enemy had used to draw me away from God and into this slow, steady deception. And my deception came in the form of a book written by a clairvoyant or a psychic. And um, this book was not blatant in presenting me with these supernatural possibilities, but instead it fed this deep curiosity that started me on a journey of darkness. And several years down the road, I found myself in the aisle of a bookstore holding a book titled How to Practice Witchcraft. And in that moment, I believe that God spoke to me and said, that's too far. I put the book back on the shelf. I left the bookstore and immediately I went home and I threw away some of the darker books that I knew were leading me on a dangerous path. And that day started me on my path back to Jesus. And I tell you that because I believe too few Christians realize that magic and divination or occult practices are real or that they have any relevant pull to us as Christians. Therefore, they allow things into their lives that may not impact them themselves, but very well may draw someone that they love into something that they never thought possible. From the investigation that we went through of Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14, surely you can see that occult practices are real. If we choose to open our eyes to what is going on around us, we can see that this evil is all around us. Watching television during the month of October is so hard for me because now I will do anything and everything to keep my eyes and ears from the evil that's presented so profusely during the month of October. When I watch television and a commercial comes on the screen that is clearly evil, I instantly change the channel and I come back to my show after I know I've given that commercial time to be over. So why do I do that? Well, there's three reasons that I do that. I strive to avoid any contact with the, the occult practices of any forms. The first reason is that Deuteronomy 18:12 said that these occult practices are an abomination to the Lord, which means God considers it disgusting or an offensive thing. And then in Psalm 101:3, King David, a man after God, God's own heart wrote, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And then the third reason is I love Jesus and I'm so very thankful for him saving me and setting me free that I want to please him in the life that I live. And I would really, really like God to give the testimony of me that he gave David, that I'm a woman after his own heart. So therefore, I want to make sure that I do what I can to set myself apart from the things that would potentially harm my relationship with Jesus. So as I said earlier today, I believe there are many dangers related to the occult in this world. And if we don't recognize those dangers and we dismiss them as not applicable to us, our children or those that we love, or even we ourselves may very well be deceived. So dear one, I do not speak this message to condemn, but instead to bring awareness. The closer we get to the day of Jesus, the more the devil works to deceive for the purpose of destroying. Revelation 
Revelation 12, 12 tells us, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And 1 Timothy 4, 1 says that the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, I believe that we are in that day and time. And if God's word has that much to say about occult practices as believers in Christ, we need to be aware and on guard for ourselves and for our families. Well, before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest to get daily biblical encouragement for Christian women. Also, check out my website, onfire-ministries.org to read my blog and get that list of words related to magic in the Bible at the bottom of today's blog post. Also, on my website, you can get free biblical resources or a Bible study for you yourself or personally or for our group study. If you found this podcast beneficial, please take a moment to rate and review and share this podcast because it helps others to find the podcast and it may be the very words that someone else needs to be encouraged and challenged in their faith journey today. Until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.